Welcome to ZBM. I'm Teresa. And I'm Lenny. We're still under quarantine, so I mean, it's a pretty good thing that we worked out how to record uh, over the internet and use my mixer to record, pick up your mic. Yeah, it's a pretty good thing the internet's still working, too. Oh, can you admit? That's got to be an essential service for sure. No, it is. It is. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, not that I know how, like, the internet works. Like, if there's, like, a man in a room and it's, like, um, that TV show that had Amy Acker in it in the end with the computer and the guy who played Jesus, Henry oh, um, Caviezel. Person of interest? Person of interest. What if it's like that? It's good... No, I... Everyone, from what I know, everyone's working from home because my brother does something similar and he's working from home. So you're just logging in remotely and monitoring like bandwidth and stuff. Well, that actor, a person of interest, was working from home, right? <laughs> yeah. So he's got it under control. I trust everybody's got it under control. Yeah. So it's been, um, me and my husband are avid hikers and, uh, and we do a lot of walking and hiking and stuff like that. And in winter, it's an especially nice time for us because the trails are less crowded and it's just um, a lot more still. Not anymore. Oh, my God. Nope. It is wall-to-wall people. For, you know, I get that you don't want to stay six feet away from the person you live with. Like, I don't have to stand six feet away from my husband. But... If we're all on the trail now, none of us are, are are practicing social distancing. Nobody's making sure they're far enough away from each other. They're crawling all over the parks. Like, they're going to close those parks if you don't cut it out. It's like those people from uh, Florida when they went on spring break. Can you stand up? <laughs> I could not believe my eyes. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And if I get If I get corona, I get corona. I'm like, yeah, okay. And that's not the millennials, like the papers are reporting, because they won't make a distinction between the generations. That's Gen, that's Gen Z that's doing that. The millennials are all home. Yeah, they're all working from home. They invented working from home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they were ready for they were ready for this, and Gen Z, uh, Gen X, we're all old latchkey kids, so we're already ready to be home anyway. Oh and, yeah, this is like nothing. And how to occupy our time. Mm-hmm. But it's the Gen Zs. They're like, oh, I don't care. This is fake. Yeah, they're outside. like, I don't care if I kill my grandma. Which is madness. Right? Or like, all the people I know with lupus or whatever. They're being very irresponsible. And the longer that this goes on, the longer this goes on. <clears throat> yeah. So like, That's what they don't understand. The reason why like China can open stores and Italy can be able to open sooner than we are is because they took that very seriously and they locked it down immediately. They were no yeah, they, fooling they around. Lo- they, locked everyone, they locked everyone down. They said, nope, we're not doing this. Yeah, and that's the that was the right move. And we're just so... Fl- it's not even... Every, not even everybody is doing that because... And not, I'm not talking about essential services. Just people are just out in the world and they're just doing whatever they're doing. And it's just going to get around. And they're just not doing the right thing. And it's annoying to me. Now, I wish uh, that the construction sites didn't have to close, but they most certainly had to close because that's a very yeah. close quarters and none of it was outside. Mm-hmm. Not in New York City, anyway. Good grief. 
There's like two well, outside the, spaces in New York we're, City. We're possibly the epicenter for uh, well, coronavirus for sure. right now. Sure, we're a major layover stop um, the world over. Mm-hmm. Refueling and doing whatever. And I get it, and people want to be here because we're the best, and I understand that. But please stay home. But Trump wants to quarantine us now. Well, he wanted to. He's not allowed to do that. That was a fun fact. He can't make yeah. the states do anything. No, he can't. The governors have to do it. That That's the whole point of state. The whole difference was supposed to be pro-federal and pro-state rights. That's the diff- That was meant to be the difference in the parties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's, yeah, he's not allowed to do any of that. He didn't want, not like he'd know because he's a moron. Whatever. I mean, he could suggest it, but they don't have to listen to him. He could just be quiet for 20 minutes. <laughs> Come on, now it's Trump. He can't be quiet. Just for like an hour, even. No, like, just, he can't. Just zip he it, can. pal. <laughs> so annoying. But that's okay. We're not here to talk about bad decisions that the current president makes. <laughs> We're going to make about... <laughs> Bad decisions that an alternate reality is going to make. Yep. Nice segue, by the way. (laughs) It was a rough one. That's a bumpy one. Because it's not the president of the alternate reality that's making the problems. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a very lengthy note about it. Not about the president or about choices, but it's like... um, We get into like what the catalysts for certain things to take place are. And that it creates like a... Like an assumption problem later in the episode. But this is called There But For The Grace Of God. I don't know why that is the name of this episode. <laughs> like I get Tin Man. They're robots. I got it. Mm-hmm. Jack has a heart, I guess. <laughs> Jack and, has a heart. And they have like, um, they have a whole like Wizard of Oz kind of inside baseball kind of joke. I miss baseball. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about that another time. Uh, they, <laughs> Jack needs a heart. No, no, Jack doesn't need a heart. But um, the Tin Man thing for the robot and some other titles makes sense. But I don't understand what what this title means as far as that goes. Maybe, maybe it's part of a quote. Maybe. Uh, somebody should write into us on Facebook and tell me. I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know what it means in context to the show. So in the cold open, we're moving on from the title it's nighttime world and they come across a big old sign like a, a carving kind of like a mask that's very that teal knows about obviously yeah They're like teal do you know about this he's like indeed we should leave indeed we should leave <laughs> like now so he says the planet is radioactive i don't know about that I think he's misapplying the word radioactive because he says what your world would consider radioactive. <laughs> you the, keep using that word? I don't think it means what you think it means. Honestly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, when they send the map through in the first place, uh, the map checks for radiation to make sure that you can be on that planet. <laughs> for sure, 100% he checks for that, that little robot. And they go, you can't go to this planet. It's really radioactive, like Chernobyl. Don't go. And then they wouldn't have gone. So they I, would have been in hazmat suits. So Tilk is definitely misusing the word radioactive. It just means that, in this case, the mask means that like the world got wiped out and nobody, there are no survivors left on it, so why even bother being here? Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel finds an archaeology room 
which is his of course as as he as he does it's his favorite thing to find he's like ooh, look it's things and then of course he takes some things because he's rude this is this is what i don't understand why are you on a strange alien planet and you're touching things they touch everything they can't help themselves no but he always touches stuff like haven't you learned from like no. Past adventures. From the last episode when they when him and Sam both touched the computer and then they got zapped? No. No yeah, lessons are learned. Touching stuff. If it feels like you got an electrical shock, there's a pro- touch it again so you get the second shock. Because I obviously mean, kids, the- uh, honestly, kids learn faster than he does. Oh my goodness. Cuz uh he takes some things and the mirror reacts to the the remote control that he clearly has in his hand and then he goes and touches the mirror. Again, touching stuff. Why are you touching stuff that doesn't belong to you? Uh, he can hear through the mirror, I think, that Jack is calling for them. Him, But I guess it plays... Oh, wait, no, he calls for him, and then he touches the mirror, and now he's, like, on the other side. And uh, he runs out. And then um, he goes through the gate, which isn't his gate, because they got guns drawn on him, because of course they do. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole cold open. Now, they force him down on a CT scanner. And he's like, let me see uh, Colonel O'Neill. And they're like, don't you mean General O'Neill? Like Daniel's a moron. Yeah, and you see like Colonel Hammond. <laughs> yeah, really. General Hammond <laughs> is now Colonel Hammond. Which is weird because he's clearly older than Jack. Not that... Maybe he doesn't have the motivation to climb the ranks within the military system in, in this universe. It's real weird. It's like that old Star Trek Next Generation episode where you see Picard just becomes a lieutenant. Yeah. In, a, in an alternate life. And I was like, what are you doing? So, yeah, the differences are, are real fun in this episode. Like, I like I like how the how it's just different ranks and, like, people pursue just a slightly different career. Mm-hmm. I'll have something to say on that later. Um, Catherine's in charge of the Stargate program still somehow. She takes Daniel's role, I think. Well, and then she gets startled about Ernest. Because I'm guessing they don't find Ernest in this reality. No, I don't think they ever went to that planet. That's madness. Oh my god, so good. Um, Daniel's super freaking out. And... (laughs) Sam comes in with long hair, which looks like hair extensions, I might add. Like, the worst <laughs> hair extensions I've ever seen. They couldn't put a full-on wig on her? Why she gotta have, like, a weird mullety weirdness? It looks bad. That is bad wig work. <laughs> and not because I'm used to seeing her with short hair. It just isn't... It just looks bad. It's not good. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh... Sam says all the uh, the Earth cities are being destroyed, and, and Daniel's and, like a, a and, and she's she, she's not in the military, you know. By the way, no, she's just a civilian doctor. As, she's an astrophysicist. Oh, I mean, she's that in the other reality too, but she decides to join up the Air Force. Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel keeps explaining and sees they are going to nuke, send a nuke through to Chulak. Because he he writes it down in haste earlier when he's like, this is all, I can't believe this is all happening. What is going on here? And they're like, you know where all the Jaffa are from? He's like, yeah. They're like, write yeah. it down. He's like, fine. Why is this all, all right. happening? 
But he, it like didn't even occur to him to not give that to the military, who would almost certainly blow it up. It's not the military. It's Jack. Jack loves blowing a bit up. Mr. Mr. Bomb Happy. I swear he is bomb happy. Uh, so with that, they decide to go send a nuclear device through to Chulak, which is very short-sighted. So in this reality, did he do that to Abydos as well? Yes. But how, with, without but Daniel. How did, mm, go on. No, but how did he... Because remember, he was saying he was suicidal and he wanted to blow up the thing with him there, so... Who pulled him? Who convinced him to do it, but to leave? Um, if Catherine was on the original mission, she might have been motherly enough to get him to go back. Uh, okay. But not enough to keep. Well, actually, it was supposed to go off with him there, but that never happens <clears throat> because it blows up on Ra's ship. So those kinds of events might still have taken place, but he would have most certainly have either blown it up on the planet itself or yeah. destroyed the Stargate on Abydos. At a huh. minimum, he would have destroyed the, the gate on Abydos. If... So he would have never met the, the civilization there or anything? Just... No. No, because Daniel says they never learned how to speak speak it out loud because Daniel... Oh, yeah, and he says it in a kind of arrogant kind of way too yeah <laughs> like, he's like, like oh you amateur like, oh that's right <laughs> you never learn to speak it out loud <laughs> excuse Guess what? me losers <laughs> i can speak at you idiots <laughs> so uh where am i in this okay so yeah jack almost certainly blew up abydos and a minimum destroyed their gate uh daniel keeps explaining uh nope i said that one already uh so Sam, Daniel, and Catherine together figure out that Daniel is from an alternate dimension, especially after they see that video footage um, mm -hmm. that he brings up later. But for now, they are just theorizing that maybe it's an alternate dimension, which it 100% is. Uh, and instead of looking up the planet where the mirror is to make sure that they, it's not destroyed or otherwise compromised that he can't go back to it he googles himself <laughs> he does and he's last known addresses in egypt where he presumes he died and i don't know why he's presuming his death in egypt well because egypt i think those red things on the map meant that the cities are wiped out so. oh maybe oh i hadn't thought of that that maybe he died like whilst uh during the takeover i thought it looked like he thought he died much sooner than that, or earlier in the timeline. Who knows? Um, but he definitely Googled himself. <laughs> That's, man. Uh, he translates the message, and it's that Apophis is on, on the way. It's destroying everything. And the message in it was a gate address from where the invasion is beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh. Now, because I don't, I didn't see the finale yet. I haven't watched it in a long, really long time. I mean, obviously they're successful. This show goes on for another ten years, but <laughs> I, I don't, I don't yet understand. Like, who cares? Like, if I know, so if it's the Cold War and it's the '80s, and I know that the nuclear warheads are coming from Russia, so what? It's too late. Like. If the, so if they know the invasion starts on, like, Apophis land, 
So what? What are you going to do about that? Not a lot, probably. Because they have ships that can get to Earth, and they have gates that can get to Earth, and they have all kinds of things that you don't have. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I still don't, I don't see yet why this matters, but it apparently it does matter, and they stop them from using the gate, even though they have the iris. So, yeah. Uh, they have an iris in this uh, reality. And this is where the 38 minutes comes from. That'll be made famous by the Atlantis, ep- the second Atlantis episode, which is called 38 Minutes. <laughs> it's also the episode of Atlantis I've seen the most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, outside of the the pilot episode, with, uh, whenever I go, I'm going to rewatch Atlantis, I get as far as 38 minutes and then no further. Well, that has to change. I Well, it will change. But it's, it's wild that uh, that I it just I don't know I'd watch two episodes and I'd be like oh man this show is the best and then I'd just never pick it back up like something in my life would happen and I'd just be like no I guess we're not watching the rest of this and now when I go to rewatch it for the podcast I'm going to have to watch 38 minutes yet again again I remember everything that happens in that <laughs> seen it so much. So uh, the SGC gets breached from on top, and you see Teal'c with a very fascinating hairdo. It's a ponytail. It's a ponytail. It's fascinating. Why did he get the... <laughs> that's the kind of... That's movie ponytail from the kids. The kids all had that haircut. Mm-hmm. But when we, we see Teal... Oh, that's right! Yeah, you're right! So I don't know if this is like in a... Like he got a little bored, because when <laughs> when they all get kidnapped in the pilot... Uh, he doesn't have that haircut, and that means that grew in fast. <laughs> or it's a wig. Do you think Jaffa wear wigs to spice it up? But because oh. that's a lot of hair <laughs> to grow in such a. But short remember period. in this. Yeah, but in this reality, they never went to Chulak, so you know, you don't know. That's true. So maybe he started growing it before that. When he goes, because when he goes, what about Chulak? And they're like, what the hell is Chulak? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, Daniel tries to talk them into letting him go back to the mirror planet instead of letting them go to site B. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is a tough sell, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Jack ultimately agrees to it because there's no way that they're going to survive any of this. Um, which is good, but here's the long thing that I wrote. At the end of it, I wrote, Jack definitely nuked uh, Abydos. All right, this can't be the case on ja- Daniel's Earth. Like he's convinced that this attack is imminent for him as well. Uh, but it can't be imminent for him as well, uh, because on this reality, this attack is happening earlier than it is on Daniel's reality, because it should be happening at the same time if it was going to happen. Uh, and it's not because he has the time to get back and prevent it on his Earth somehow. Teal defecting to SG-1 is the catalyst that keeps this scenario from happening. Yeah, you're right. Now, because he's not on on reality too, because he is not part of the SG team, they must have done something else to piss off Apophis to, to warrant this kind of invasion and attack. And it wasn't freeing all of his prisoners and slaves and converting his favorite Jaffa. 
So it's something else that makes Apophis want to come destroy Earth that isn't that. And that means it isn't that on reality number one. Because they wind up doing all of those things and not the thing that starts this with Apophis in reality too. Also, Daniel being the Stargate translator is why Jack goes and gets captured to uh, free Teal'c in the first place. And since this never happens, Daniel's never on that mission, Jack nukes Abydos. How how do they figure out that that comes from Earth? There's nothing left there to figure it out. They don't need to go back and get Daniel, and therefore... The, they don't get followed by the gate signature or whatever. Uh, the Goa'uld don't pick it up because they don't ever dial back because they blew up that planet. So they would never have found out about Earth to begin with because all of Ra's sh- stuff is destroyed. Ra's stuff is destroyed and their gate is destroyed. So there's just no tracing it back. So how do they even get a hold of him like what did they do to earn Apophis's rage like that maybe Apophis and Rod weren't enemies maybe they were friends or brothers oh maybe it's a different reality hmm. anyway so that's why I think um, it's unlikely that the same scenario is about to enact on Daniel Daniel's earth compared to reality <coughs> number two what do you think of that and maybe maybe what happened was remember how they it was dormant for a while the whole the Stargate was dormant after the whole incident on Abydos. Mm-hmm. Maybe they kept going, and something that they did like pissed off. You know, maybe they're more like I said. Maybe they're more in more uh, progressive in, the, in that reality with the Stargate than they are on, on Earth Prime. <laughs> Earth Prime, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Also, did they find the gate in Antarctica? Because that would be a gate that they would be able to use. To get... I don't think so, because they would have mentioned it. They could have used that as an escape route gate. Mm. That's true, but I don't. I don't think so. Maybe they would have mentioned it that they had another gate. That would have been a very interesting mention. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Daniel suggests they try to t- turn Teal'c. To buy them some time. Which would never have worked. I don't know why they're doing that. That would have never worked. No, he's already salty and he says as much because they nuked his wife. And they his. nuked every, all his, his family. Bad. Uh, oh, Sam and Jack are engaged in this reality. Isn't that nice? Yeah. See, that's why I said, was it like a couple weeks ago that they actually do shipping, but they do it in a really smart way. Yeah, really. Like, I, but they didn't kiss, and that is telling. They only hugged each other goodbye, and they definitely marching off to their death. Mm-mm, that's bad. I guess they didn't want to well, be too salacious on Showtime. The show's still on Showtime. Or maybe they're having problems, and this brought them together. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be wild. Oh, so Jack shows Evil Teal the good Teal. And Evil Teal'c's like, yeah, but you blew up my family, so no dice. Sorry, like, that's nice that there's a good Teal'c out there somewhere. It's like, I would have believed, I would have, I would have, you had me convinced, but you killed my family. Yeah, had you not blown up my family already, I definitely would have switched sides, but here we are. And I'm going to kill you. 
trigger happy Jack. <laughs> Honestly, and he definitely gets shot. It's not clear that he dies right there, but I think it's meant to be clear that he dies right there. No, they pretty much they pretty much kill him because you see the you just see the staff open up. Right, but that's what he does in uh, when he defects. He opens his staff up to shoot Jack, but then turns <laughs> it around on his fellow Jaffa and, and winds up shooting them. Yeah, but he didn't turn it around this time. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Uh, I thought we were left to imagine, like, maybe he did, and then at the end of the episode, he'll swing in and be like, I'm suddenly good teal with a ponytail, and uh, he's not, though. So he most certainly ends up dying. Hammond gets shot in a hallway. Yeah, that was... <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then... didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming, and... Uh, Sam grenades herself and the rest of the Jaffa. So because she grenades herself, that's what convinces me that Jack almost certainly died in that uh, instant. Because, um, not like Sam would have known, but it after Sam grenades the office and they shut the blinds because they don't want to show uh, what it's like to have an old woman be jaffa down. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening there, too. Because yeah, everyone, the, everyone's dead. Because then the uh, the blast shields open again at the end. Uh, that's what. And the only the only one that survives is Walter. I know. I would like to, I would like to think <laughs> that would be excellent. Uh, yeah. That's, so that's everybody's uh, death marching orders. After Sam blows up the office, that's what convinces me that that Jack definitely died and that they they they're not like swooping in at the end like heroes at all. Like everybody nope. said. Um, and it's all set to auto-destruct the mountain. So, uh, Tilk shoots Daniel in the arm, and it pushes him through the gate, so he makes it, and then the SGC blows up with Tilk just standing in front standing of Standing there, like, what's going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. It was a very exciting bit on the... So, Earth 2 <laughs> definitely gets destroyed. Yeah. And, uh... Daniel runs to the mirror and uh, touches it to go back into his uh, into his world. And he's like, he's only shot in the arm. Calm down, you big lady. Just, <laughs> I mean, there's been worse shot. You've taken way worse beatings than that <laughs> lousy shot to the arm. Because he's like collapsed on the floor when they find him. And he's like crawling to the gate. He's so dramatic. Well, it's a staff weapon. Well, Those things hurt. He's definitely been staffed at before. And he did not react like this. Get going. Uh, and he says they're coming. And I, it looks like he definitely passed out. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his brain is like, shut it down. That's enough for today. <laughs> <laughs> You've done enough. Like alternate reality is real and <laughs> all this business. Uh, I give Yeah, imagine, imagine living with that knowledge. He's definitely going to explain it to everybody, and only Sam's going to get it, as usual. Mm -hmm. uh, it is unsurprising that Jack would send a bomb through anywhere. And they were going to bomb through to the attack site, but it's too late. The attack's already here, so Daniel's right about that. Let's yeah, they were just, they were just, he was just going to just bomb everything. And that that's the fatal flaw, because if he had just thought a little bit... Yeah, you'd know, be just, like, just, oh... Just, it's like, Jack, just take a moment. Jack's not here for taking moments. <laughs> but he never meets Daniel in the first place to have his entire, like, temperament 
cooled a little bit by having the advice of Daniel to not do that because he goes to do that a lot of times in the yeah, first season. Catherine. Cap- nah, Catherine might be like team blow it up. Who cares? I don't know. You like, think what- so? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe she would have been, or maybe she would have stayed out of it as a non-military person. She would have been like, nothing I can do. I ain't military. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm too old for this nonsense. Serious. Yeah, and like, it's Daniel's compassion that keeps uh, a lot of people alive, even though I think he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, they're just people, Jack. Do you really want to do this? And then he's like, Ugh, I guess, no, mom. And then he no. leaves. No. No, Daniel, we're not going to do that. All right. Jeez, every mission. Sucks the fun right out, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I give this episode five stars. I thought it was out- excellent. Excellent. I, I give it six. If, wow. If, if that's even possible. That was, that was a really good one. But this amp goes up to 11. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a must-see because now I could see after I watch... Um, <clears throat> the preview for the next one that it is part of what seems like a three-part uh season finale mm-hmm. uh so if you want to be in on what the season finale is about then you have to watch this one and it's just really good it's really yeah like, like chef's kiss it was it was it was fun to see everyone playing different roles if i'm being honest this is the first one that like i've seen this season where i was like oh yeah this is stargate <laughs> I mean, it takes a long time for shows to find their legs, uh, or at least they used to be allowed to take their time finding their legs. Uh, but so this is the first time, like I, that like I got like the warm and fuzzies for Stargate again. And I, there's other good episodes that we watched, and I really liked them, but not like I liked this one. Not like this one. And I love the fact that Sam sees herself as like. A different role like wow it's like it's possible it's possible oh there's nothing and, theoretical people like more than being right and then they like it even more when they're wrong <laughs> because that leads to more possibilities and that's excellence okay but they go on they gunned hammond down though so i was kind of sad about that i was sad about that but he was like ramboing it up like he wasn't taking like, he wasn't, like, ducked down behind something. He was, like, straight up, like, one-handing the machine gun. And he looked like he was going to get another one. And he's like, ah. <laughs> Knocking Jafar out. Yeah, he was like, I guess it's all hand-to-hand combat from him. To- oh, I'm dead. It's like, sir, you have to fall back. I'm not falling back. He was like, ah. That was so funny to watch him and, like, get in the thick of it like that. Yeah. Um, oh, next time on Stargate. I don't remember them closing down the Stargate program slash the X-Files like this, but uh, it feels like a thing that they would do. Like the No, they do, they do it every couple episodes each season. They're like, we're going to put you out of business, Mulder. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> this is all around the it's same like, time. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like they have a, you know, they have a staff meeting, mm. a bu- like a budget meeting. Yeah, it's real weird. Like, they've already gotten more... <clears throat> Than their fair share of, uh, I mean, none of them are special bombs, sure, but they've gotten cures for diseases, exotic plants, all kinds of, I mean, that in just itself in, is enough. Just inf- just information in general. Yeah, they met the Knox. They've, like, 
it's crazy how much good the program is doing comparatively. And they're still like, no big gun, no money. Mm-hmm. Which is so the, like our government, I swear. Well, every project needs an oversight committee. Oh, my you know goodness. That. Well, they're a black site, so it's not like they can put that down on the resume. Yeah, but even black sites need to, need to be monitored a little bit. You don't want it to go out of control. They're out of control. <laughs> they're just picking on Stargate because they thought they were going to get some bitchin' alien tech and it was going to be like Terminator or aliens and it's none of those. They're like, ah. Where's our spaceships? Yeah, seriously, they're like, where's my flying car? There is no flying car, sir. Could you imagine if that was real life? A flying car? Like, what if, like what if, we, what if the government finds a Stargate, you, they operate the Stargate, and you find out that the universe is actually kind of boring? The universe is probably really rather boring. <laughs> like, statistically, that's the case. It's a bunch of us's out there just with, like, a horn on their head or whatever thing they've done to adapt to their own personal planet. And, and they're doing all mundane stuff. And they're like, ugh, Mondays, am I right? Like, that, you know... I can't imagine that. <laughs> I would totally make a show about that. It's any better. I mean, we've got the time, so look up how to make be a better writer. <laughs> look how to be a writer. I'm a shitty writer. So, oh, excuse me. I'm not a good writer. I can't develop plot to save my life, so. There no. you go. I can do dialogue, but it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> oh. Like the school of Kevin Smith dialogue. Just oh, gosh. I was about to say that. I was like, you're Kevin Smith? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Nothing's happening. But his movies go somewhere and they're doing something. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I have even less plot than, like, Clerks. Like, that's where I'm at. Oh, wow. And I love Clerks very much. And I love Kevin Smith. If you want to, you can look up uh, Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. How he how he develops plot and everything. He has a thing on YouTube. Maybe I will do that. It's like an eight-step method. I'm going to have the time, won't I? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. People are going to rebel in about a week because it's just... <laughs> think so? I, I mean, I can't... They couldn't go insane. <laughs> Although, like, humans for the longest time up until, I don't know, 100-ish years ago or 120 years ago, there was a lot of downtime at home. Like, people weren't going out and doing things. I don't... And- I don't think they're gonna go insane because there's still streaming services available. Like, and Disney Plus is like considering like putting like their movies on there, like Black Widow and stuff. I don't know how true that is, but that's the rumor going around. That's uh, no confidence in Black Widow. I see. It's not that people people won't go to theaters to see it. Because... Well, they can't go. So you just delay the opening, and then I, I mean they've delayed the New Mutants for. Five years in a row, so... I am not interested in seeing the new mutants. What's a few few more months? Just, you know, wait. Just wait till January of next year and release it. Yeah, but they're losing money. And they had all that marketing and promotion and stuff and with the trailers and everything. Yeah, you're not going to make any money if you release it to streaming either. The least you can do is jump it in theaters when... Not necessarily in high summer if you think it's not going to perform well. I think it would have performed just fine. Or maybe people have an exhaustion on it. I don't know. So just save it for next February when it's trash, empty your trash no, season. When when people are allowed to go out again in like the theaters and stuff, release it then. Well, if everything else releases right along with it, then it won't make any money either. No, people will see it. People will see Trust me. It's a Marvel movie. So. People will see it. I mean, they will, but it won't be as popular because other bigger movies are coming out. I see them 
I see the reason why they would release the stuff that dropped just before this happened. So like your blood shots and stuff like that, because they can't, it was already in the theaters for a week or two. Yeah. Like and onward and stuff. Yeah. It's not going to make any more money by being re-released into theaters probably. So putting that online, that makes sense. So unless you think your movie's a total failure of a movie, I wouldn't release it online. I would just delay it until it's a quiet time and then release it then. You know, I would sit on Black Widow until February and release it in February. It's a long time, though. So what? It's <laughs> So for, if the difference means whether or not we make a few hundred million dollars on a movie that we sank a ton of money into or make zero dollars by releasing it online, I'd rather make a few hundred million dollars at the theater in February when nothing good is out and it's only my movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's... They need, like, a longer vision for that. Well, I'm just waiting for the Mandalorian. That's all. Oh, I know. I look forward to that too. Well, that comes out in October, right? Yeah. All right. Well, or maybe later. They might have to push that back because they can't film anything because they can't. All no, that... they they wrapped production already before this whole this whole thing happened. Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. Well, no reshoots then. No. And the I saw the making of for how they make that show and. The special effects that they use, it's incredible. That's on YouTube. Well, they use, they use uh, practical effects for some of it, right? No. No? Every background that you see, every bit of desert, every bit of animal, <clears throat> everything that you see that isn't a chair is computer generated. And oh, they, wow. And they shot it inside. They did it on a soundstage? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. It is incredible what they did. And it, I forgot the name of it, but um, there's a, um, I want to say Mr. Sunday Movies maybe is the guy mm. who, whose video I watched that was about that, and it was just tops. Uh, maybe I'll put a link to the video that I watched in, in my description. Oh my goodness. I can't stand that every time I click on anything on YouTube, it is like just endless ads. That shit just drives me crazy. I know that's like the nature of the beast or whatever, but she drives me insane. Oh, excuse me. Uh, that stuff drives me insane. Yeah. Uh, Caravan of Garbage. Super Mario Brothers. I um, saw that one, The Caravan of Garbage, Sumara Brothers. It's, 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 it's funny. It's so funny. I loved that movie. I think you're the only one. Yeah, I know. I can't find it right now. I'll find it later. Yeah. It, had, it had nothing to do with Mario Brothers, and the only saving grace was like Dennis Hopper. I thought that movie was great when I was a kid. I had bad taste, though. Did you know that Bob Hoskins was drunk? throughout that entire shoot. I do know that, yes. <laughs> so it was John Leguizamo. So it was probably Dennis Hopper. I mean, it was madness, but uh, I liked it. So, And they have an, uh, the Weekly Planet at the end of the year. They award a movie. It's called the Game is On Award, where it's a really obvious attempt to create a sequel at the mm -hmm. end of a first installment of a movie. So, like, they did it at the end of uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy, 
where they were like, oh, there's more where this came from. Oh, we're setting yeah, up the universe. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately saw that in the theaters because I thought it was going to be a good movie. So it's like a, a really like um, ham-fisted attempt to create sequels. And they did that specifically in the Super Mario Brothers movie at the end. At, like I want to say it was post-credits. <laughs> or like mid-credits where like Daisy comes back through and she's like, there's another problem. And then they have to go be Mario Brothers again. Like there's going to be a sequel, but there is never a sequel. Uh, Samantha Mathis. Or if there is a sequel, maybe it's in the cartoon or the comic. Doesn't count. That's what I'm saying. Mm. I stand by that. <laughs> Otherwise, if you want to fight with me about the goodness of Super Mario, or you think that I'm unnecessarily mean to Daniel Jackson, you can reach <laughs> out to us on uh, Facebook at ZPM Stargate. Or Gmail, Twitter, Instagram. We're the same everywhere. It's at ZPM Stargate. Uh, otherwise, for the love, please stay inside. Listen to a podcast. Watch a movie. Watch Stargate. Watch all the Stargates. Start, start baking. Do something. Yeah, learn a new skill. Take up kazoo. Or, kazoo. You know, order something from Amazon. Learn to play the violin. Do anything to just stay put. And then we can all go back and everything will be fine. Otherwise, have a good week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.